Next on BYU Sports Nation, resume regular activities. Bye week over for BYU football. So what's the state of the program after a weekend off? Key injuries will have an impact the rest of the season, but which one is the most impactful? Plus, does BYU face a must-win in Florida this Saturday if they want to spend Christmas in Hawaii? Meli Kalikimaka, let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, October 7th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who just witnessed magic happen in the Pacific Northwest again, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, fun times. Every time I go there and watch a sporting event, I guess a uh, crazy thing happens. So I had a, had a great time uh, during the bye week going up to uh, Portland, day trip to Seattle, saw the uh, Seahawks at home for the first time. Amazing game with the Rams, came down to the wire, Rams missed a field goal. So fun, so fun. And then I uh, went to uh, Cal at Oregon, so that was cool too. I'd never been to Otson. So. Saw a fan get tackled by an Oregon player. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so some, yeah, well, we're not going to feed the bears there, so we won't mention it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you witness magic happen in many ways. Yeah, it was fun. And for those that are new to the program, let's just recap this timeline. Jerem most recently sees the Seahawks beat the Rams as part of the 12th man. Dramatic but fashion. Rewind great game, like yeah. three years ago when you went on that first BYU-driven Pacific Northwest trip to watch Tyler Haas set the all-time scoring record, and then, oh yeah, BYU beats Gonzaga in the kennel. Yeah, we should send me more often to places. I, I, I think we should do that. He's also witnessed a no-hitter, <laughs> for crying out loud, by the Mariners. Hey, hey, yeah, I didn't go this year, obviously. Did you see the standings? Yeah, it was bad. Can we just make it default if there is anything happening in the Pacific Northwest for BYU yeah. that you're there? Yeah, I'll be there. 2022, <laughs> BYU at Oregon. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm buying it. Yeah, let's go. I'm buying it. A loaded Monday show lineup, including jamming with NBA veteran and BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins. How does he handle losing a star player to a season-ending injury? He can relate to BYU football. We're tracking BYU football opponents, which Cougar foe is currently ranked the highest. Plus, buy, sell, or hold. BYU has less than a touchdown favorite in Tampa this weekend. I'm buying some BYU Sports Nation headlines right now. Yes, BYU football will visit Tampa, Florida, and the USF Bulls this Saturday. Kickoff set for 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, live on CBS Sports Network. BYU seeks a first-ever win in the state of Florida. 0-7 all-time. Redshirt freshman Jaron Hall will make his first career start at quarterback in place of the injured Zach Wilson. Watch Countdown to kickoff at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific, where everything you need to know about the game. Six of those seven teams BYU played in Florida, by the way, finished ranked. So it's not like BYU is supposed to win any of those, right? And Jaron Hall will be the first African-American starting quarterback ever at BYU. Pretty cool moment Fantastic. for Jaron Hall this weekend and BYU. Taysom Hill had two carries for 14 yards and an 18-yard pass in the Saints' win against the Buccaneers. Tonight, former Cougars Fred Warner of the Niners and Sione Takitaki of the Browns face off on Monday Night Football. Aw, yeah. Number four, BYU women's soccer ties Santa Clara 2-2 in the West Coast Conference season opener at Santa Clara last Saturday. The Cougars' first non-win of the year. It I'll goes take it, as a draw. Oh, they were down 2 nothing. They had to, to come get back a draw from a 2-0 deficit. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Goals by Ashton Brockbank and Cameron Tucker helped the Cougars keep their undefeated season alive. 
BYU will host Pepperdine this Wednesday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, on BYU TV Digital. And number nine, BYU women's volleyball is one eight in a row after a sweep at St. Mary's Saturday. If only basketball could do that as well, that'd be awesome. Setter Whitney Bauer recorded her sixth double-double of the season, a BYU freshman record. Cougars host San Francisco Thursday on the BYU TV app, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. It's great to have multiple top 10 teams. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Five games into the 2019 BYU football season, now off a bye week, the Cougars stare at their next opportunity to get back to 500. Two wins, three losses. Wins at Tennessee at home against USC. Most recently, a disappointing setback on the road against Toledo. Jerem is BYU's 2-3 and three record through the first five games. More of a product... From the schedule or just the overall state of the program? Uh, it's probably a combination of both, but I think it's schedule-driven. And, yeah, of course I'd say that, that the schedule's the driver behind this. Uh, Sagarin uh, gives us a taste of and context of how tough the schedule's been, which brings us to an early stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Huey has the 11th toughest strength of schedule this season so far, according to Jeff Sagarin. So it's been really hard. Why should BYU have a winning record if they're playing the 11th toughest? You know what I mean? BYU was, uh, you know, a, a group of five team on the road. Toledo, quality team nonetheless, away from being 3-2, and two, and we'd feel much better. 2-3 and three with a bye. It has been a long week and will be a long week until BYU gets to 500 after beating South Florida this Saturday. I'm confident that will happen. Only seven teams in the country have played three top 30 Jeff Sagarin teams, by the way. BYU's one of them. Only five of them won a game, at least. Uh, imagine BYU having played Utah, Tennessee, then let's say Idaho State was mixed in there, then USC, then say a San Jose State. BYU would be 4-1 and one and ranked. It'd be a different conversation. It'd be fun. Right, And instead, the schedule is just too hard. Only teams to play four power fives. Blah, blah, blah. I always go there. Let's, let's push forward. BYU has the 93rd ranked remaining strength of schedule. That bodes well for an eight-win season. That bodes perhaps. well for Jaron Hall. Yes. So I'm not overly frustrated. I'm frustrated like everybody else. I think everyone, by the way, is acting like Toledo's some slouch. It's like, this team might win the MAC. Like, should BYU have won the game? Yes. But... To lose that, I'm not trying to justify that loss. I'm just trying to understand that loss a little more. And I don't think people understand uh, that Toledo's decent, right? He's pretty banged up. But, yeah, two and three, product of the schedule to me. This is almost like a trick question. The state of the team based on injuries, but then there's the argument that injuries happen because the schedule is so tough. So I don't think there is an easy, clear answer. Right? They're almost <laughs> inseparable BYU is two and three because of injuries, but injuries happen because the opponents are tough and you get banged up. Whereas teams that play Idaho State and San Jose State early on, maybe not. So you're on that train with me now? That you're more likely to get hurt playing those teams? I I don't know because physical, like football, is just a physical game anyway. It's less physical against inferior physical competition, though, is it not? Is Toledo an overly physical team? Because that's the team that knocked Zach Wilson out. Well, that's a thumb. Yeah, no. That's a fluke, right? I, I'm talking the, the like like an out-for-the-season injury is prone any game. The bang, the bruises that Chaz Ayu and Isaiah Kafusi have, right? The ankle turns. The what? Those are the ones that it's, – and it's hard to quantify. But, but this much is clear. The last couple of years, BYU has been more injured than normal because of who they're playing in the first month. 
And isn't it interesting that BYU is so close, so close to being three and two, and yet so close to being one and four? Oh, and five. Oh, no. Oh, and five is right here. Dude. I mean, of coin flip and two overtime. The margin of victory and loss. Yeah. Has so, been so close outside maybe, of maybe, Washington and Utah. Maybe that should be the theme of the year. 2019, so close. No, <laughs> there's next year. No, win now. Yeah, isn't it interesting, though, how differently we would feel if BYU were 3-2? and two? Yeah, yeah, we'd feel it, it, for sure. It's a t- totally different feeling, but because Zach Wilson gets injured and it's a loss and BYU is now under 500, it's now magnified and the negativity rises to the top. Yeah, well, yeah, if you're excited about 2-3, and three, then you just suck. You suck. Uh, topic two, which injury will have a greater impact on the rest of the season? There have been some notable ones. Uh, Zach Wilson out for who knows how long. It feels like different reports, four to six, six to eight weeks. Tyson Williams out for the year. Zane Anderson out for the year. I'm going to go with Tyson Williams because his is season ending, and I felt like BYU was an entirely different team against Toledo, and for that matter against Washington when he went out. I, I thought the whole dynamic of what BYU was trying to do had to change because of Tyson Williams. And Zach Wilson, yes, I know, is the quarterback. He touches the ball on every offensive play, it would seem. But he has to approach his game differently. He has to shoulder more of the load when a guy like Tyson Williams is off the field. He can't hand it off to his star stud running back. And Tyson's done for the year. We anticipate that Zach Wilson will be back for Hopefully one or two games at the end of the season. I wish this would have happened in game four. And BYU could just redshirt him. Ah, I wish it wouldn't happen at all. Like It's Tyson Williams because of the season-ending nature and because now BYU's running back depth is entirely different. The whole running scheme has to change. BYU's drop-off from Zach Wilson to Jaron Hall is not as significant as Tyson Williams to Lopini Katoa Amen. and Emmanuel Supa. Yep. Amen. Yeah. I, like I compare, let's say Zach Wilson is Fruit Loops, okay? I Whoa. think with the marshmallows or just yeah, regular. Yeah, sure. Because that that's the one we're eating in my house right now. I think Jaron Hall is the off-brand Tutti Fruities. Like still, yeah. pretty good. Which used to be a lot cheaper. Now they're like similarly priced. Yes, and it's hard. So I'm like, oh, I'm going back to the name brand. But but Tutti Fruities are still pretty Can't good. Can't afford like, the Fun Pack Napoleon. The point is that the drop-off is not that significant mm. from quarterback as is it is in the running back position. So I'm going with Tyson Williams. Yeah. If Jaron Hall is solid to good, then it's Tyson Williams. If Jaron Hall isn't very good, then it was Zach Wilson. It kind of depends on the play of Jaron Hall. If Jaron Hall is awesome, then we're going to, then we're going to, okay, there wasn't much of a drop off. And I think that's the expectation is that Jaron Hall will be somewhere between solid to good. He had a good spring. It's hard to know what that will actually mean in the games. Jaron Hall has yet to effectively run the ball. We thought that was the strength of his. I think that when he gets more run, and he's about to get a bunch of run, um, against no power fives, which is fantastic. He's going to play some quality teams. South Florida's not one of them. South Florida's awful. Um, Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State, those are quality teams. We'll see if he's in for the San Diego State team uh, game. This could be a 26, 2015 into 2016 situation. If Jaron Hall plays really well and BYU racks up several wins, we could go into the offseason and say, we got a quarterback competition. <laughs> I, I, I think that that could happen. Like, brace yourself for that idea. I think Zach's the guy. That was clear. But I don't think this is bad to see what Jaron Hall can do. And unfortunately, another injury means another starter. But that's why you got to be ready. And that... 
ladies and gentlemen, is why you don't leave, is why you don't transfer and just leave and get out. If you're Joe Critchlow, you might be one play away right now. Joe Critchlow could have gone to, like, Southern Utah or Dixie or something, right? Somewhere else, some small school. He's here because, one, he's probably set because he married a Romney. That's one thing. And two, don't ask Donald Trump about that over the weekend. Holy schnack, he's political. But he can stay here and be one play away. On to topic three. Do BYU's bowl game hopes depend on what happens at USF in Tampa this weekend? No, too, too dramatic. No, let's break it down. So you need six wins, obviously. BYU has two. And then uh, BYU's going to get three wins in November over Liberty, UMass, and Idaho State. So BYU but needs Liberty's four one. and two, Jerome. Good for them. They need one. BYU needs one more win to get to a bowl game. This could be it. If BYU wins this, boom, they're in. It wouldn't be the like you still have Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State. Now, now South Florida, Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State. Those four can BYU goes three and one in those four and get to eight wins. That's my question now because if BYU goes eight and four in the regular season against this schedule with the backup quarterback now for an extended period of time. Even if it was with Zach Wilson, I was going to say, that's a good season. It's not the season I want. I'm not going to celebrate eight or nine win seasons here. That means we lowered our standards. At some point, I'll probably get to that point of apathy, but I'm not quite there. BYU is going to get at least six wins. Come on. Seven, yes. Can they get to eight is the question. Will you celebrate progress, meaning seven regular season wins compared to six last year, given the injuries to Tyson Williams and now Zach Wilson? Yay. Progress. <laughs> Seven wins. Independence is fantastic. Like, come on. Come on. No. Like, BYU's got to be better. they got to be better than seven wins. If, you're not, if you don't get ten wins in a season, you just don't matter in college football. But internally, we will evaluate. Yeah, pro- great. That's awesome. But to what end? Where's BYU going? Are they going to get ten wins in a season? Not with these schedules or not. BYU's bull hopes don't solely lie in what happens in Tampa this weekend, but I will say this much. If BYU beats South Florida this Saturday, they will go to a bowl game. It feels like yeah, it's over. They're going to get those three. Clinch. Yes, yeah. exactly. It almost feels like they clinch they bowl well, eligibility like, if they beat South Florida. Might as well announce it. Like the Hawaii Bowl could come out after the game and say, <laughs> congratulations, we are inviting BYU. We assume they're winning those three cupcakes in November. Yeah. Yes, if BYU beats South Florida... There's like a helmet it, or something out there. It may midfield. as well be bowl eligibility clinched. <laughs> it, Wait, but they're three and three. No, no, no. Have you seen the schedule? Like, it's going to be all right. Liberty, yeah. Idaho State, and... Uh, and uh, UMass. UMass, Which yeah. beat BYU in 2017. So, <laughs> I, this is not that team. Listen, if Joe, if Joe Critchlow's the QB and BYU's like one and seven or whatever, two and eight, no, this is a different squad. This is a team that... One at Tennessee. Granted, Tennessee's not that good, but that's a great win no matter what. That beat ranked USC at home. No, this is a different group. That, that's why if you beat USC, who's ranked at home, you should win at games. Come on. You should win at games. Bowl clinching opportunity. <laughs> that's our angle this week. It's not back of quarterback battle. Win in Florida for the first time. It's, yay, clinched a bowl, which isn't even hard. You have to be exactly mediocre to go to a bowl. Oh. You're rewarded for being mediocre. It's our awesome. question of the day. Which injury will have a greater impact on the rest of the BYU football season? Is it Zach Wilson, Tyson Williams, or Zane Anderson? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brent Robinson answers on Facebook. 
I was going to say Zach Wilson, but thinking it over, probably Tyson Williams. Hall will fill in nicely for Zach, but Williams' five yards a pop will be hard to replace. That was five yards a pop against Power 5 teams, against Utah's defense, against Washington's defense, which got run over, by the way, by Stanford, and they lost two games. Out of the playoffs, see ya, for Washington. That was... So I, I expect Tyson Williams to be a six-yard a carry guy against the other competition. We were that one hurts. If Tyson Williams is healthy, I'm like BYU beats Toledo, yes. gets eight wins, maybe even nine. Like it's just a different feeling. Tyson like, Williams is a big deal. Is a huge factor. BYU wins the game at Toledo. They're three and two and, and feeling good. Yes. going to South Florida. And guess what? Tyson Williams performed better than I thought he would. Zach Wilson has performed. Under what I thought he would. He, he's, what, five touchdown passes in five games? It's just, I thought he'd have a little more. I know the competition's tough. I'm going to grade him on a curve a little bit uh, against USC. Fantastic. Tennessee late when you needed him. Fantastic. In uh, regulation and overtime at the end. Tyson Williams was good every game he had. Right? Consistently good. Coming up, who won, who lost, and who moved up in the rankings among Cougar opponents? And we're jamming with Juddy, NBA veteran Jeff Judkins, BYU women's basketball coach in Studio B. How does he handle things when a star player is lost for the season? Because he's going through that right now. Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Right after us, top of the hour, it's Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. Greg Rubel, the host, chats with Elisa Tuiaki, defensive coordinator, Ed Lamb, linebacker's coach, and special teams coordinator and assistant. Head coach. He has like three titles. That's coming up at the top of the hour on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton reunited live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. We welcome in Jammin' with Juddy, Jeff Judkins, BYU women's basketball coach, NBA veteran, all-around good man. Juddy, great to have you back in studio. It's nice to be in the studio. Been a long time. Yes, it has. It's been a minute. And uh, you were out of... uh out of this area last week, Vegas, media yes. day, yes. the whole deal. How was that? Well, it's nice to go down there and see all the other coaches and kind of meet people in the in the in our conference and and be able just to kind of see where teams are. And you know, it was really fun. I, I I brought Paisley with me, and there's a lot of kind of fun things that they do. And you guys well know Paisley has a great sense of humor. Yes. So to have her there was really fun and. Um, you know, it was nice. It was nice. It was, it was nice just to kind of get away, like you've kind of said earlier before, just to get away and just kind of see where where everything's going. You're a brave soul to tackle the media melee with Paisley Johnson by your side. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen with her, which is awesome, <laughs> but it's also scary. But she did a great job, and you know, we we both had a lot of fun together doing that. Uh, you picked second in the league. Is that a fair assessment of your team, or? or- because different coaches, take, they go, you know what, we're ignoring this. Or, we're going to use this as motivation if it wasn't what we wanted. Well, you know, I, I figured we'd be in the top three. Um, I think if we'd have had Shaley, we probably would have been picked first because of more returning starters. But, you know, I'm real happy where Maria's at right now. She was our backup point guard last year, played a lot of minutes for us, and she's playing really well. And, you know, my team, when I told them for practice, they were – they weren't real happy about it, but as they I told them, no, they were not. Mm. They felt they they're one of the better, the best team in the league, and I said, well, you got to go out and prove it. So, um, those things are great. The bottom line is, is come out and perform and do what you need to do as a team, and hope everybody's healthy. You guys were talking earlier about football. It's the same basketball. You got to have people that are healthy and ready to go. 
Do you feel like your team is the best team in the league with Shaley Gonzalez in the line? Oh, there's no question. I think losing her, I think it's it's going to take on some more responsibility for some other players. But they can do it. I think Sarah, with not playing uh, volleyball this year, she's had a lot more time to spend with us. As I mentioned, Maria's playing really well. Uh, Brenna seemed seemed to move up her game. Paisley, Jasmine's worked really hard in the offseason with her shots. Her outside shot, Chalet, is becoming where I can play, maybe play both her and Sarah. And then Babalu has is, is worked really hard. She's going to play some three for me this year, both her and Sig. And so it's just been a good combination, and, and hopefully we get Caden back. She's trying to get back with her foot. She's practiced really more the last week than she almost did the whole year last year. So that's a real positive thing. So... You know, when something happens, your team has to rally and get together. And it's not one person that just totally turns it all around. It's all of them just doing a little bit more, a little bit more. How is the adaption without Shaley Gonzalez? Because she did tear ACL kind of early in the summer to where, okay, we know we don't have her and now we can figure this out. Kind of like the men's team is doing without Yoli for the first nine games. Yeah, I I think it helps. It, It would be worse if she got hurt right now. I think in July it, it gave some of the players all summer to think about what they need to do and what what they need to do to help this team and how could they improve. And as a coaching staff, I had two new coaches, so now getting them together and trying to figure out what we need to do for this team to be successful. We might change a few things. I mean, Shaley was, you know, both offensive, defensively, did a lot of things that, like, with pressure, with her, with her quickness and her penetration, but... Um, you just, as a coach, you have to kind of bounce, bounce and do the things that you need to for what's going to fit your team best. What's the status of Shaley's injury recovery after the torn ACL? You know, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I sit there in practice and look over the side, and she's over there shooting around, and I'm going, is she coming back? I mean, you know, huh. she's worked so hard. Shaley's one of the hardest-working kids I've known. She's going she's gonna to work, but she's going to sit out this year. Um, we're, we're making sure that that she just rehabs and gets the time that she needs. And I'm going to have her – she's going to every game, every road game. She's going to be on the bench. She's going to be doing something for me as on to try to get her mind into it. I did that with Haley. I did that with Lexi, and I think it really helped. So, yeah, and you've been, you've been through this situation where you've had a star player with an injury. So what role can she play on this team Uh as assistant coach, yeah. student, player, peer, coach. Correct. Kind of deal. She's got to do that. She's got to be involved and go over and spend time with the young players and even the players that she played with last year and say things to them, maybe at halftime, maybe even during the game that that maybe I can't say or another coach could say. And then she'll see things which will make her a lot better player, especially in the point guard. The point guard is the quarterback of the of the team. So for her to be able to say things and see things that are being told to the players, I think can really help her, and that's that's what I want to do with her for sure. Just as long as she doesn't say, "Listen, whatever Jetty told you, just ignore it. Do this." <laughs> that's right. But she won't do. It. She knows better than that. <laughs> Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation. How do you bolster your team's morale when you lose a player like that? Because you have gone through it several times, and now you look at a situation BYU football is dealing with. Zach Wilson's out for an extended period of time. Tyson Williams, star running back's out for the remainder of the season. What would you say to the BYU football coaches and team, given what you have gone through on several occasions? Well, first of all, the person that's backing them up 
as you know, depth is so important to almost anything in football, basketball, any sport. But a lot of these athletes are very confident in themselves. This is an opportunity that comes, and opportunities come all the time in, in, in during the season in a career. And it's like Maria's ready for this. Hall's ready to step in, just like Wilson was last year. And they, they prepare themselves and get ready for it and come out. And, and they really have, they have a lot to lose because they want to perform well. But they also kind of some way don't either because nobody's expecting all this stuff. But a, a, team, a team rallies together. It's, it's the greatest thing to see as a coach. When you see a team, a key player gets hurt, how everybody rallies together and everybody tries to work work together on it. It's not just one person that fills that, that position um, just takes over, but it's weird because, you know, Tom Brady, if, if Drew doesn't get hurt, he never gets the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So you look at this and you say, here's some young talent that now is going to get an opportunity to hopefully be able to play and, and really help the team. Uh, Sarah Hampson's an interesting story in that uh, last year she came into the season with a knee injury and uh, got back in December and had a big impact. She's not playing volleyball, like you mentioned. What kind of uh, development is she going through right now? She's playing just basketball and coming in healthy. She is a totally different player right now. Really? Oh, yeah. She's stronger. She's got better balance. She's scoring. Her timing is better. She's in better shape. She's in rhythm with the team. She's got that those relationships. She understands what's going on. It's been a, it's been a real help. I think this is going to make a big difference by losing Shaylee. Is that her her play is going to come in now? Her and Shaylee can play together. Where kind of last year we didn't have enough opportunities to do that. Um, you know, Lee has been working. Lee and Ray have been working with with Sarah and. She's done some things offensively that I haven't. I mean, she catches the ball from the top of the key and drives it and lays it in. I haven't seen that in two years. She's catching the ball a lot better with timing. She's got better balance. Her outside shot is coming, you know. And so all these things are building, and she seems to be pretty fired up about it. And I think, uh, uh, you know, really ready to really kind of change change her image. Not just be a defensive presence. She wants to be an offensive presence also. NCAA All-American, NBA veteran, and current BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation. You talked about depth and the importance of it. At the point guard position, the aforementioned Maria Albiero is expected to step in and do a nice job. Who's behind Maria Albiero, and who else will handle the ball for this team with Shaylee Gonzalez? Well, you know, if people don't realize, Brenna, when she came as a freshman, was my backup point, so she can do it. Um, Kaylee Smiler, who's from who a redshirt last year, who's kind of a combo guard, also plays plays a lot like Brenna, kind of the way she plays, can shoot it and drive it. Those those three are kind of I'm looking at probably the most to be able to do it. Um, I think Brenna because Brenna's experience sometimes uh, taking that position so much is kind of riding on how you handle the ball, where you get your team in their offense, and all those things. So Brenna probably will be backing up. Uh, Maria. Uh, you hope those horses on your team are good. How are the actual horses that you have at home? Well, about two weeks ago, I got bucked off one of them and, oh! and really hurt my ribs. And so I've been kind of in a lot of pain, but uh, had a great summer with them. Spent a lot of time, um, except for right at the end. You think you haven't trained, you know, 
and I was getting on a horse, and all of a sudden, there I go, I'm on the ground. So, uh, more importantly, has this affected your shot, Jetty? I haven't really shot much, so because <laughs> it's hurt. So, oh. hopefully, it'll get back. I'm feeling a lot better today. Good, good. Last, last bit. Wow. Have you been bucked off before? Yes. When I was younger. Yeah. When I could bounce back a lot easier. I'm, I'm different now. A little different now. Sorry, man. Yeah, I know. It's all right. I, I have bruised ribs occasionally, too, and I'm like, oh, it's the worst. I can't sneeze. Yeah, I can't, it, it's I can't. hard. Yeah. People don't realize. You don't realize that until you get injured. Yeah, exactly. Hey, train the horses. I'll train them. L- luckily, <laughs> you have an athletic uh, you know, staff that can help you with the bruised ribs. That's right. right. At least yeah. I got Not every health. other job can have That's that. Right. We That's got nice. some good health. That's yeah. right. Extra treatment today. <laughs> <laughs> the accountant not yeah. getting treatment. Yeah. Jody, it's great to catch up with you, man. Thanks, guys. Same. It's nice to be here, and good luck with everything. Season's around the corner. Excited. Coming up, buy, sell, or hold BYU football's rushing defense, finishing in the top half of college football. And we are tracking each and every one of BYU football's opponents. Which teams are in the top 15? Yes, I said teams. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tonight, BYU football's Kalani Satake is at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. It says Greg Rebell chats with Coach Satake and wide receiver Aleva Hifo as they get ready for South Florida. Also, reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Lost in the wake of that loss at Toledo. The performance yeah. by Aleva Hefo. Oh, he was fantastic. One of his greatest games as a Cougar. Over 100 yards, two touchdowns. He also had two punt returns for, what, 65 yards or something? And uh, the ESPN Plus announcers, who apparently were struggling. Just kidding, we watched. <laughs> you didn't. It was bad. It was bad. Um, they said prior to Aleva, the first punt return, said, oh, he's one of the best punt returners in the country. BYU had one punt return for zero yards coming into the game through four. <laughs> So the We're evidence would say no. Through the seer stone. And then he goes, peering into the hat? Yeah. Uh, 45 yards. And it was like, oh, they were right. They were right about something. The final drive. <laughs> Curious choice with Jaron Hall. It's because Zach Wilson's hurt. Hello? <laughs> McFly? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Oh. We, if there's an ESPN Plus call, we're going to try and figure out how we can just get yes, on that. please. Can we get in on that? And then, like, midway through the first quarter, I'll be like, the schedule's too hard. And then you'll tune out. Yeah. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. On that note, my friends, here are today's BYU SN headlines. The Cougars of BYU football visit Tampa, Florida play at USF this Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific, live on CBS Sports Network. BYU seeking a first-ever win in the state of Florida, 0-7 all-time, although the majority of those have been against really good ranked teams. Yeah. Retro freshman Jaron Hall will become the first African-American quarterback to start a game at BYU. I think that's a great moment in BYU football's history. I do. In place it's of the injured, Zach Wilson. Watch Countdown to kickoff, 2.30 p.m., 11.30 a.m. Pacific. For anything and everything you could possibly want to know about whoa, this whoa, matchup. Whoa, I produced that show. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. Pressure's on, baby. Come on. Expectation high. Dave and Blaine, carry the show. <laughs> Taysom Hill had two carries for 14 yards and an 18-yard pass in the Saints win against the Buccaneers. Tonight, former Cougars Fred Warner of the Niners, Sione Takitaki of the Browns, face off on Monday Night Football. The undefeated San Francisco 49ers. Oh, good for them. Trying to... Uh, anybody. Remain the second undefeated team after the Chiefs lost last night. Yeah, well, the Niners aren't even the best team in the division, so they're... Speaking of undefeated teams, number four BYU women's soccer ties Santa Clara 2-2 in the West Coast Conference season opener on Saturday. First draw of the year for BYU, so they're 10-0-1. 
Goals by Ashton Brockbank and Cameron Tucker help the Cougars keep that undefeated season alive. They will host Pepperdine on Wednesday, October 9th, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV Digital. And number nine, women's volleyball has won eight in a row. They're 14-2. and two. They swept St. Mary's Saturday. Setter Whitney Bauer, sixth double-double of the season. BYU freshman record. Cougars host San Francisco Thursday on the BYU TV app, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. It's a fall tradition on BYU Sports Nation. We are tracking BYU football opponents, starting with who the Cougars face this Saturday. South Florida picks up its second win of the season, 42-22 win over UConn. The Bulls rushed for 313 yards in the win and now sit at 2-3. and three. To me, this is the second, or not, this is the... This is the worst team BYU will have played. South Florida. Tennessee is second. They put up 48. Does this concern you more because of what they did against UConn? No, UConn is the worst. (laughs) UConn's so bad. Uh, Boise State, pretty good. They remain undefeated. They move up two more spots to number 14. Wow. In the latest AP Top 25 poll. Default raising. After beating a really, really bad UNLV team 38-13. Both Khalil Shakir and John Hightower had over 100 receiving yards. Boise State hosts Hawaii on Saturday. They're going to win that game. They might come into Provo as high as number 12 or 13. Listen, they're good, but it's like me with a a hoop and a trampoline, right? I can't dunk, but on a tramp, I can. Boise State is ranked. Higher a than Utah. spot than Utah. Do you think Boise State's better no. than Utah? No, I think Boise State's good. They're very good. They're top 15. Fake idea of BYU's schedule. We're just jealous. <laughs> Utah State went to Death Valley at LSU. Lost 42-6. to Jordan Love threw three picks in the loss. Aggies are 3-2. and Liberty beat New Mexico State 20-13. to in their first of two games against the Aggies That's right. this year. They play them twice. <laughs> Independent probs. Joshua Mack rushed for 113 yards, including a four-yard touchdown with six minutes left to give the Eagles that close victory. Liberty goes into the bye week with a 4-2 and two record, Jerem. 4-2. Good. and two. Good for them. They have great insurance. Idaho State 2-5 and five after losing at Montana 59-20 at North Dakota this week. UMass. Yikes. Find themselves on the wrong end of a 44-0 shutout at the hands of Florida International on Saturday. The Minutemen now 1-5 on the season and face Louisiana Tech on Saturday. At least they beat Akron, so they're not the worst of the worst. Okay. San Diego State quarterback Ryan Agnew threw three touchdowns in a 24-10 win over Colorado State. The Aztecs are 4-1. Okay. Sneaky. Sleepy. Mm-hmm. The one loss is what? Utah State, I think, right? And uh, host Wyoming this week. Yeah, they just don't have much offense. But that could make they had enough to beat Colorado State. <laughs> Utah moves up two spots to number 15 in the AP poll after the Utes bye week. They play at Oregon State in Corvallis this week. They're uh, better than Boise State. I was hoping Utah played Oregon, then I would go to that game, and they could actively root against Utah, like cheer. I'm not used to that. Tennessee lost 43-14 to third-ranked Georgia. They were up 14 to 10 in the oh, second yeah, quarter. Baby. Losers talk about margins in the first half and are one and four this year. Tennessee is awful at Mississippi State. Come on, be Mississippi State. USC also enjoyed a bye week and prepares to face Notre Dame in South Bend. The ninth-ranked Fighting Irish await this week. Clay Helton's starting to feel some heat on his seat as well as the USC head coach. That's what BYU does, though. They beat you and then you, you get heat on the seat. <laughs> as you said, Washington drops out of the top 25 after falling on the road 20-14 at Stanford at Arizona this week. Pretty shocking that Washington already has two losses. I thought they'd be better than this. Toledo makes it four straight wins. 
They beat Western Michigan 31-24. Mitchell Guadani threw for two touchdowns, rushed for two more. Four and one on the season. Their only loss against a pretty good Kentucky team at Kentucky. Bowling Green up next for the Rockets, one of their uh, rivals, if you will. They're going to be five and one. Toledo, I could see them going nine and two, nine and three. I mean, they might win the match, but yeah. it doesn't make that loss sting any less. Sweet, it really doesn't. I yeah yeah. And those are it, it happened. Your Cougar opponents. We'd call it Cougar tracks, but I think KSL owns the rights to that nip. Well, we could probably still use it. I don't know. We'll look into it. You're on both sides of that fence. Let's go. Let me get in on the negotiations. You and Dave. I'm the only one that's not a KSL that works here. Coming up, did you see what Jamal Williams wore yesterday? I did. No, it's not a question for you. It's for them. I know. It's rhetorical. Rhetorical. I did. We'll talk about it next. Plus, buy, sell, or hold. BYU in a must-win situation for a bowl game? Who's doing for Come on. Hold tenure. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live, it's 2019. You just watch it when you want or listen to it. It's on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play. Enjoy on demand, BYUSN.com as well. And uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It's time for Buy, Sell, or Hold, presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley with the goods for Buy, Sell, and Hold. Right, let's start here. Buy, Sell, or Hold. BYU a four-and-a-half-point favorite against USF. Why? I think BYU is going to win this game by at least a touchdown. I, I feel confident in BYU's ability to go down there and do that. USF has speed, but that's about it. I'm buying it. USF has trouble on and off the field. Yeah. I know they just destroyed UConn. UConn is as bad as UMass. So don't put a lot of stock in it. I am buying BYU as a four and a half point favorite at USF, even though they've never won in the state of Florida. They're finally going to end the jinx. This is the worst team BYU will have ever played in Florida. Ever. Yeah, it's not close. Next. By seller hold, Jaron Hall leading the Cougars to four wins the rest of the season. I go hold on this because we don't know how long he's going to play. Uh, BYU does have another bye week built in after two games here. Um, I'm into. We're just we're just raking in the cash right now, right? <laughs> so it sounds like holy shnikes. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm hold. I don't know how many games he's going to start. But if he starts six, will he get four wins? Is the question. I'm buying this, and it starts with South Florida. If Jaron Hall beats South Florida, then he will be the quarterback that beats Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass. But what, and what those if Zach, are your four wins. But what if Zach's ready for this? I don't think BYU's going to rush Zach Wilson back to play at UMass in Amherst. What do you mean? It's on flow football. <laughs> like, there's no reason. Get Zach ready for the San Diego State game when he has to take on a really tough defense and the bowl game. Yeah, I'm buying this. Jaron Hall will lead BYU to four wins. He'll get him bowl eligible. You're right. If, if he starts six, he's going to. I would buy that. Yeah. But I don't know how many he's going to start. So part of me is hesitant to say yes for him. I mean, Zach Wilson's a freak and he's a hard worker. So maybe he gets healthy and he's like Drew Brees who was throwing. It. Yeah, I know. He I know. It's like, just come back and play. I just don't see why BYU would feel like they need to rush Zach Wilson back for three games that they're going to win regardless of who's playing right. quarterback. You're not playing for an undefeated season or even a 10-win season at this point, right? Hey, we've got some breaking news of sorts, Jerem Jordan. It's spraining. It's, it's not spraining it's not news. Yeah. 
ESPN has announced the kick time and broadcast details for 14th-ranked Boise State at BYU on October 19th. The game will kick at 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 Pacific. That late window (laughs) on ESPN2. It is what it is. Countdown to kickoff. We'll start that night at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, live on BYU TV again. Now, now we say kick. No, no, the kick will be like at 20. BYU. Hosting Boise State October 19th, 10.15 p.m. Eastern kick time, 7.15 Pacific on ESPN2. This is what we call Pacific primetime. Eastern time time? No. No, no, no. no, no. Not Eastern primetime. primetime. No. No. It's very late. It is what it is. It's Boise State, though. People stay up and watch that game. People stay up and watch Especially that game. Especially if they're ranked Not in the, on the top East 15. Coast as, not on the East Coast as much, where 50% of the population lives, but all good. Next. Next one, buy, sell, or hold. BYU's rush defense finishing in the top 65 this season. Okay, currently 119th at 220 a game. To finish in the top 65, the last five years, the average has been 167 allowed a game. That means BYU in the final eight would have to average 129 allowed a game. (laughs) Sell. This is not going to happen. BYU would have to hold all of its teams under every one of their averages right now. There's not a single team that BYU plays the rest of the year. I don't care about Idaho State. The five FBS teams, or six, I guess, left, uh, that average less than 131 right now. So, no, it's not going to happen. Oh, I'm selling this, and I can't sell it fast enough. (laughs) Like, BYU would have to be one of the best rush defenses in the country over the final seven games to get back to the midway point. Yeah. What makes you feel like that's going to happen? The the, the argue for competition is worse, but it's not – that I mean, you're st- BYU could maybe hold three of the six teams under 129 based on the level of competition, but Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State as well. Like, I, no, and BYU's playing like some third stringers in some positions. Hey, if BYU finishes in the top 80, I will consider that a huge win based on what I've seen in the first five games. I'm selling 65, though. Oh, man. Yeah. Next. All right, last one. Buy, sell, or hold BYU soccer. A top four team in the NCAA currently. I'm buying this. I've seen this play, this team play a couple times in person, calling a few games. I think this is a legit team. Uh, are they top four? I, I say right now, absolutely. They are. They are pretty healthy. Uh, they are. They've gone out on the road and won some significant games. They tied at Santa Clara, which was a tough place to play. You look at Santa Clara, you go, oh, they were 5-5. Five and five. It's like, no, they played a really tough schedule. Oh, Santa Clara has one of the toughest strength of schedules in all of women's yeah. soccer. I hate the RPI, but Santa Clara is 25th in RPI. It says something, not much, but something. I, I'm buying it. I learned, yeah, I'm buying it. I learned some things about this BYU team when they trailed 2-0 in this game on the road in a place they have never won. It showed some serious fortitude. Yeah. And medal to come back and score two goals and get the point. Toughest, get the draw. Toughest team to play in the league. Got the tie. Second toughest team is Pepperdine. Which BYU hosts which is on this Wednesday. Wednesday. And then Portland's looking like they're better. They're not the old Portland. What a start to West Coast Conference play at Santa Clara. And then you turn around on a shortish week and host Pepperdine on Wednesday. Yeah, they're 10-0-1. BYU beat Alabama, a team that's receiving votes on the road. They beat Kansas, crushed Kansas ranked team on the road. They beat Texas, Texas A&M, A&M, top 14 team, 2-0 at home. This team has yeah. enough of a resume. Oh, I am buying it right now. They are a top 14. Okay, coming up tonight's Monday Night Football matchup of former Cougars. And your rise and shout-out to a guy who once used a typewriter to type about Jim McMahon. (laughs) Typing on a typewriter is what you do. It is.
<laughs> Things have changed a lot in 39 years. This is BYU Sports Nation. He computered on a computer. <laughs> this segment brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Shout out to today's guest, the always <gasps> impressive Jeff Judkins. Love it. Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The Cougars play at South Florida this Saturday. The Cougars are looking for their first win in Florida ever. 0-7 all time. It's going to happen. Jaron Hall will make his first start at quarterback for the injured Zach Wilson, who's recovering from thumb surgery. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill had two carries for 14 yards and an 18-yard pass. In a Saints win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans now 4-1. Linebacker Kyle Van Noy had a pass deflection and a quarterback hit in the Patriots' win over the Redskins. They're undefeated. Michael Davis recorded a pass breakup for the Chargers in a loss to the Broncos. Was that in Mexico City, that game, by the way? I think no, so, right? that was in Los Angeles. Oh, well, what was the thing Michael Davis did in Mexico? That was preseason or something? What was that? I'll have to look into that. Daniel Sor- <laughs> put our uh, research team on it. <laughs> Daniel Sorensen tallied two tackles uh, in a Chiefs loss to the Colts on Sunday Night Football. I was watching that on the plane back. Tonight, former Cougars Fred Warner and Sione Takitaki of the Niners and Browns respectively play on Monday Night Football. Soccer. Fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer ties Santa Clara 2-2 in the West Coast Conference season opener on Saturday. First draw of the year. They're now 10-0-1. Goals by Ashton Brockbank and Cameron Tucker help the Cougars keep that undefeated streak alive. The women's soccer team will host Pepperdine this Wednesday. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, BYU TV Digital. Of note, BYU drops two spots to number seven in today's top drawer soccer rankings. The coaches poll comes out tomorrow. Volleyball. Number nine, BYU is one eight in a row. They swept St. Mary's on the road. Cougars host San Francisco Thursday on the BYU TV app. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Ben Patch makes his first start in World Cup play for the U.S. men's volleyball team on Sunday, recording nine points on nine kills, leading Team USA to a straight-set sweep over Tunisia. Jimmer! Fredette led Panathinaikos in a 112-81 win over Lavrio with 24 points, three rebounds, five assists. He finished three of five from distance. Cougars in pro hoops. Elijah Bryant and Maccabi Tel Aviv defeated Maccabi Rishon yesterday, Israeli League, 81-66. Elijah had five points, three rebounds, and a couple of assists. Brandon Davies scored 14 points off the bench for Barcelona, added four rebounds and one assist in a loss to Andorra. Baseball. Batcats beat the Utes 11-5 in a predetermined 14-inning preseason game Saturday. The result wasn't predetermined. It was the innings. I want to make that clear. Good. Although, anyway. The Cougars gave up six <laughs> hits, 15 different pitches. They'll play again in Provo October 25th. Swimming and diving. BYU's swim and dive team finished on top at the Intermountain Shootout on Saturday. Both the men and women finishing first in the 200-yard freestyle relays. Freshman Tyler Edelfren, McBratney, and Plotis recorded three more first-place finishes to continue the momentum for the Cougs. Tennis. What are they, Brazilian? Did we just call them by McBratney. one name? McBratney. Yeah. Pele. Cougs, Sean Hill, Sam Tullis, and Mateos Fajeda Lecce, and Ben Gallardo are representing the BYU men's tennis team at the ITA All-American Tournament in Tulsa this week. Competition begins today, runs through Saturday. By the way, Michael Davis went to Mexico City, helped announce the fourth-round pick during the summer, and the Chargers will play the Chiefs later this season in Mexico City. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutouts now. 
For me, Jeremy goes to longtime sports writer in the West, Brad Rock, the Rock Monster. Yeah, the Rock Monster. Who covered BYU football for what feels like forever, and he tweeted out a picture to prove as much today. With him using a typewriter the week of the 1980 Holiday Bowl, and oh, what a game that was to cover. Who took this picture? Jim like McMahon's here, Miracle Pass. Into yeah. the closet. Who took the picture, the, Brad? That, you know what gives away the era? His haircut. His mustache, and that lamp really gives it away for me. Lee Benson took the photo, who uh, I read his book, And They Came to Pass, when I was little. Great that, like, book. got me into uh, yes. BYU football and uh, happened to tie into the Book of Mormon. So, yeah. Nice stash, Brad. Yeah. Oh, and he's, the, I he's, like a, Brad. he's a class act. Brad's a good dude. For sure. My uh, rise shout-out goes to Jamal Williams. Did you see the shirt and the fanny pack and the shoes that he wore? His mother, Nicole, tweeted out, Oh, baby, we got <laughs> flamingos and BYU and neon I mean, this guy is the best. The the swag daddy. The lime green fanny pack and matching lime green kicks. <laughs> How do we get that shirt is the question. <laughs> I saw another BYU fan hat, had it, and he said, oh, this is a great day. Jamal wore the shirt. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Yes. And clearly Jamal wore it better, right? Absolutely <laughs> not. Just kidding. Uh, Jamal called us uh, middle-aged vanilla men, yep. so maybe we would be Happy helped to take out that title. by uh, you know a fanny pack. If you show up in that shirt, and shirt. Li- if you show up in that shirt and lime green kicks, then that will solidify your middle-aged vanilliness. I did wear <laughs> some neon green kicks to the Seahawks game, yes, but I fit did. in with everybody else yeah. in the neon. <laughs> Our question of the day: Back to BYU football. Which injury, and there have been several. Well, the greatest impact on the rest of the BYU season. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At DDurrett10 on Twitter says Zane Anderson because BYU's secondary lacks depth. That's not been the issue. The run defense has been the issue this year. The pass defense has not been a problem for BYU. If Zane were healthy, he'd be playing linebacker where he was initially slated to play. That's been part of the issue. that would probably help the rush defense. Yes, that's been part of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at VAR underscore black says, I don't know about you, but I'm still worried about... Kalani Satake's rolled ankle. Ha <laughs> ha, hashtag love you. Coach. Hopefully he's all right, right? Sorry to Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Clay Brown, Coordinator's Corner, coming up next with Greg Rubel, Elisa Tuwiaki, and Ed Lamb. Stay with us on BYU TV and go Kooks! Get outside with the 